Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. I am your host, Sammy C, and here with me is very special guest, William Bibiani. Welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I love <laughs> this show. Uh, I The opportunity to close read a film on this much detail uh, <laughs> is, is rare, honestly, in the world of uh, film criticism today, and few films deserve it more than, of course, uh, David Dakota's masterpiece, A Talking Cat. <laughs> so this is episode 34. For those of you following along at home, that means uh, we are doing minute uh, 3301 through 34. So let's just go ahead and get into the summary. This is a minute with uh, a lot of scenery. <laughs> I, I believe there are over 50 establishing shots in this movie and only like four locations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. Which is a really interesting way to make a lot out of a low budget, you know? They, they keep yeah. showing us these this imagery of, of the woods and the river and a waterfall, none of which we ever go to. Uh, <laughs> and it, it expands the film. It really makes it feel big. Yes. And uh, so w- for the previous uh, minute, Phil decided to go on his walk in the woods that Duffy advised him to go on. And so then we are treated to some waterfall shots some river shots, the mountains, all accompanied by some kind of jazz piano background happening. Here's the thing. He uses establishing shots to make a point, and his point is that his characters already feel established. You know, they're established in their lives. Sure, it's a cyclical malaise of minor turmoil, and and worse, one that is accepted rather than challenged. But this peaceful imagery almost parallels the day-to-day existence of the characters of a talking cat, except... Unlike the characters, we never actually see a waterfall talking to a cat. So I, yes. I believe that this, this film is arguing that life is better than establishing shots. I, I'm with you. And also yeah. establishing shots, uh, scenery shots are better to look at than Phil walking through the woods. That's true. That's true. You know, in the, in the previous minute, uh, y- you would notice that uh, his shirt, uh, which reads, Un pinche dia la vez... Uh, forgive my atrocious accent, uh, which is, of course, Spanish for, and there's actually some debate about this, whether it's one stupid day at a time or one fucking day at a time. <laughs> but, Either way. But when we first see this shirt, the words are inverted in a mirror. And this yes. this illustrates the possibility of reversing your circumstances so that your oh. life could consist of more than one day at a time or possibly less. But now you can read his shirt just straight on in this minute 
and all of a sudden it's meaningless. Or maybe because this is a new day for him because he's finally decided to take some action in his retirement after his, you know, one day of retirement. That's right. That's right. Is it, it it's a it's a stupid day, but he's taking it once at a time. So then we are treated to Phil is stretching and saying, "This is really nice. Who would have thought it's right across the street?" Which again, we've discussed the location of where these people live a lot on this show, but still, every time there's an establishing shot on the porn mansion, we get we are treated to a lot of beach scenery. And there's also across the street, there's there's the woods. <laughs> so if you go across the street, there are the woods and the waterfalls and mountains. Yeah, no, which just shows you that the world of a talking cat could take place anywhere. It could be yeah. your house. It could be my mountain. It could be anything, <laughs> anything at all. And one thing that's interesting about this particular sequence is that yes. Phil even though he has been told specifically to take a walk in the woods, you can still see a wall behind him, like this very <laughs> yes. obvious wall. Now, some, some might conclude that this it means that Phil is not in the woods, but rather just in the backyard of that house. And if so, that might symbolize the infinitesimal distance one needs to cross over their threshold of individual comfort in order to achieve happiness. Or it may also represent the idea that the woods are now also Phil's home and that you can find peace wherever you go, like your neighbor's house. But in actuality, this is a reference to uh, The Secret Garden. Another classic text about an apparent death and gradual rebirth of a family unit. And also, like a talking cat, a tale of people enclosed within their narrow walls, emerging as though from a, a chrysalis into the spring. Ah, the spring? Not unlike those establishing shots. It's all yes. coming together at minute 34. God, brilliant. You're blowing my mind here. I, I blow a lot of things, so we're good. <laughs> We're good. And we'll notice in the next establishing shot, you'll see how the power lines guide the eye directly to the house that, to which Phil yes. is unknowingly headed. In other words, there is a power here that is bringing people together. Yes, all of the lines are leading him along the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, Phil, Phil's, uh, Phil's journey is, it, it seems like he just happens upon this house and he happens upon these people, but really it's an inevitability. Right. The cat knows. The cat knows. That, that darned cat, if you will, yes. <laughs> is a guiding force in all of our lives. Yes. Yeah. The cat, the cat much like Aslan in Narnia, the cat represents... Uh, a, a divine being or, 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 or Jesus or at the very least a, a, a very young, very fat cat that understands stuff that we don't. If you ever come across a stray cat, they probably know more than you. That's what we're saying. I have learned this many a time. So then we are back in the quote-unquote horror family's house, and with we get another great scene between uh, Trent and Tina. Tina comes in, goes, hey, loser. And then she says something about him being dumb. He says, she can, says, don't try and prank me today. Oh, don't try You don't have it today. in you. <laughs> to, which, to which Trent, of course, replies... I'll pretend like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, many scholars have speculated that, like Shakespeare's famous words, words, words line, the actor, Daniel Dennis, might actually have just been reading his character direction aloud. Act like you know what she's talking about, for example. <laughs> Yeah, But actually, I believe that this line has a simpler function. Uh, if you might notice, it has the word talking in it. This evokes yes. the film's title, namely, A Talking Cat? 
Yep. And the, thus the dramatic thrust of the narrative. For are we not all <laughs> pretending that we know what the cat Duffy is talking about? Are we really True. are we really capable of understanding his motives? And would we not be happier <laughs> if we just took Duffy at his word and trusted that he has a beautiful plan for all of us? Again, Absolutely. again, the biblical Jesus imagery comes into play. True, true. And also, you know, we have Tina here who uh, who lords her her intelligence over her twin brother and over everyone in the film. But she is still convinced that Duffy is a product of her brother's pranking, that this talking cat is something that her brother fabricated in order to trick her. And so she still believes that Duffy is a human creation and does not acknowledge the power of Duffy, and yet she lords herself as an intellectual. So do you think there's a lesson there? I think there's a valuable lesson there. I mean, here's the thing. Even though she doesn't believe in Duffy, she does follow his teachings. Mm-hmm. She does, in fact, consult the beeping machine. She does. For, 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 and discovers a new way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's curious is that she accuses her brother of having no imagination and hence the dumbness of the prank. And the irony, of course, is that Duffy tells Trent, you have imagination. But in fact, he has to use no imagination whatsoever to acknowledge the reality that there is a talking cat. Tina retorts, yeah, right, you stay dumb. I'm off to the library to work on my proposal because I'm smart and you're not. Now, not everyone knows this now, but back in 2013, it was common practice for smart people to go to libraries and work on proposals of various forms and functions. Now, this phenomenon was popular, but so brief that only a single film, A Talking Cat, <laughs> is known to comment about it directly, although it was also indirectly referenced in the 2013 Grown Ups 2, in which none yes. of the characters were smart. None of those characters were smart. And as such, none of them were ever pictured in libraries and or working on proposals. And I have to wonder, I mean, she must be really smart if she's if she's making a proposal, if she's writing a proposal without having a company or, you know, really a technical writing job or anything that would require her to write a proposal. She must just be incredibly smart if she's just writing a proposal out of thin air. Well, there is a a, a strong undercurring theme of American entrepreneurialism. You know, Phil, Mm -hmm. Phil, uh, it was very much the same way uh, before the events of the film. He, and he, he, invented things he created things he made him very rich he got the back of a volkswagen turned into a love seat so clearly he did very well <laughs> yes uh, and and but we see now that that path has actually alienated him from his son and we're seeing here mm-hmm. with tina the birthplace of that schism you know the mm-hmm. the sort of the drive towards capitalist gain can can divide you from the people who care about you the most. And a talking cat is actually trying to prevent that particular cycle from perpetuating itself. Yeah, everybody in this this film, or anybody who has any kind of direct aspirations towards making money are all self-made people. For example, Susan has her own catering company. Mm -hmm. Tina wants to create an app where you can scan your clothes with a book light. Um, and, uh, and Phil, Phil creates all this code. So yeah, it's very, this is very much in keeping with the American dream, but Duffy's keeping the American dream focused on also keeping the family together. 
while you pursue your dreams. Well, you know, it's like they say, no one on their deathbed ever said they wish they'd spend more time at work. Yes. And just one of the many potent lessons that a talking cat <laughs> teaches us over the course of its, of, of its running time. Uh, and I think it's really interesting to see a film that some people write off as uh, stupid or uh, really stupid or <laughs> embarrassing or cheap or idiotic or lowbrow, and, and just to show them just how many just layers of, of depth and, and richness and how much thought goes into every single detail in a Absolutely. film of this caliber. Yes, yeah. so I I'm, I'm hope uh, that over the course of a talking cast, you will be able to look at a film like A Talking Cat. I hope that we can continue to explore it, because yeah. I, I, I love this show. Yes, oh, I love you. this show. I uh, I think you know I one would hope that the consequence of this show is that everyone becomes a better appreciator of the arts, even those which may ac- appear to be unwatchable crap. Sure, no, they appear that way, don't they? Well, I've always yeah. I've always argued that there is a once you understand the the basics once you understand the nuts and bolts of filmmaking you have a generalized sense of history of what is great and why and what is influential uh that after a while you can actually start learning a lot more from films that appear bad than Mm. you can from films that are legitimately great you know you watch citizen kane enough times and what will you learn? You'll learn why Citizen Kane is, ma- is amazing. But you watch a film that doesn't fire on all cylinders. You watch a film that is, by some standards, objectively bad. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you'll, you'll start asking yourself, well, now that I understand how films are made, now that I understand the history of cinema, now that I understand the terminology involved, uh, how would I make that good? Yeah. And exactly. Exactly. When when you say to yourself, you know, oh, I can make a better film than this. Good, do it. Try. You know, you, you yes. What's the worst that could happen is you, you know, you 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 got you went outside and you did something. But you know, that's how we further our, ourselves along is we put things uh, on camera or in podcast form that we really really want to see. And if they're not out there, we have to make it ourselves. And that's industrious. And that's the entrepreneurial spirit. And that is a talking cat. Yes. So, yeah. And then the minute kind of ends with Trent just making a like, uh, face as he is fantastic at doing. Yes. And uh, (laughs) again, speaking critically, that is actually just his uh, face. So (laughs) sometimes, sometimes Trent's face is just Trent's face. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, you know, Uh, funny. I wanted to get, I wanted to get your opinion on this the other day. I, uh, because I, because I love my brother very much, I made him watch this film and um, he, uh, he told me that he thought that Trent was the only likable character and the only decent actor in this film. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) What Trent has is sort of a pure dopey goodness to him. Right. He he has no... It's interesting. His problem is that he has no ambition to lead him astray. And I think that's why he comes across as the most likable character is because his attentions are never divided between, you know, I want this just for me, just for my own selfish reasons, and also whatever the talking cat tells him. Right. Um, it also helps that he's an uber stud. Yes. <laughs> uh, that he is just this hunky, hunky 
piece of man flesh. And, you know, there's, there'll be a moment, I don't have the minute written down, but there's a minute later on where uh, he encounters Chris in the pool. Mm-hmm. And like many a scene in A Talking Cat, it's just one line of dialogue away from becoming porn. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, and and I think that might also have something to do with it. He might <laughs> represent a certain wish fulfillment on the part of the audience. It was like, oh, wish he teach me how to swim. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I just uh, yeah. Thank you for for that because I was. You're welcome. I I'm I'm interested in you know because this was his this actor's first movie. Mm-hmm. You know, introducing Daniel Dennis. So I was thinking, I was like, I was like, does he have a future? And the answer is probably not. Well, he he has a future, but he needs to make sure he doesn't put his work ahead of his family. So if yes, he does true. not make many more films or TV shows or get a lot of work in the legitimate theater, uh, what that means is that he prioritized family uh, over that sort of gain. You know, you can have which means both. He learned from Duffy, which means that he did his job better. Best of luck to you, Daniel Dennis. Best of luck. All right. Well, um, I think we've pretty much exhausted this minute since it was mostly establishing shots. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? My, my closing thoughts about this minute of a talking cat is that it, like every other minute, is just, just great. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just fucking great. Just everything about it. it really Holy is. shit. I think this this uh, this film, as much you know, trash as we talk about it on this show, every time I watch it, every minute I watch is a joy. I I just delight in it. So made a good thing, Dakota. Good job. Dakota Dakota has given us all so much, and what have we given him in return? A talking cast. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You're welcome, David Dakota. You're, You're welcome. welcome. All right. Well, this has been Sammy C and my guest uh, William Bibiani. Do you have anything to plug, William? Oh, I'll, I'll I can plug just about anything. Uh, uh, you can you can listen to me every week on the B Movies podcast. Uh, that's the B hyphen Movies podcast. Podcast is in the name. We came up with the name before we realized how that worked. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that is a weekly movie news uh, and review show. Uh, we also do free downloadable commentary tracks. Uh, and we have special guests. Uh, recently, we've had uh, Dan Gilroy, the director of Nightcrawler, um, Lee Winnell, the creator of Saw and Insidious, stuff like that. So that's all cool. I'm all, I also do video reviews every week on the Young Turks Network on YouTube of uh, TV and movies. Uh, that's in the What the Flick section. Uh, and you can read my reviews and my print interviews and various other articles at craveonline.com. Well, thank you so much for being our guest here on the show. Thank all of you out there for listening. Um, if you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at a talking cast. Uh, you can like us on Facebook uh, at uh, Facebook slash a talking cast. And you can find us on iTunes and review us if you want. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, William, again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. It's a that was episode 34 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Sammy C with guest host William Bibiani. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. 
voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A talking cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. We all miss you, Linda Ahers.